Hello, fellow Redbirds. Welcome to Bird Fans Forever podcast number 28. If you're new to our channel, you should check out our at Bird Fans Forever Twitter account and follow to get the first notice of new videos that we publish. You can follow along there also for other information and fun polls. Our website is www.birdfansforever.com, and on there you can find our links to all episodes of our podcast across many apps. Apple, Google, Spotify, and others, as well as a tab to access our videos on YouTube, where we're also called Bird Fans Forever. So dunk on the YouTube subscribe button and follow us on Twitter, so you'll be the first to see new episodes and get other fun information from us. Our guest for today is Steve Fitch, who played for the Redbirds from 1991 to 1993. <laughs> we'll be right back with Steve. <laughs> Hello and welcome to episode 28 with Steve Fitch. Steve played two years at Lincoln College and then transferred to Illinois State in the 91-92 and the 92-93. He plays on two conference championship teams um, and then um, goes on and plays beyond that. And so I've known Steve because I was finishing up playing and he was sitting behind the bench coming in as a recruit and then got to watch him play two years at ISU. So it's been awesome. And then we do a lot of the alumni stuff together and I got some great alumni pictures of Steve. So um, Steve, thank you for being on. How you doing, big man? I am doing good. How are you? How's I'm everybody on the panel doing? Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> really well. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. This is going to be great. All right, man. You know how it works, right? We yes, easy easy question to you. Here's a nice lob. <laughs> how did you get the ISU? All right, well, two things. I uh, I went to high school and grew up in uh, Oak Park, so I went to Oak Park River Forest. Um, uh, I thought I played pretty well in high school, well enough to get some uh, some attention. I think out of high school, I had Southern Illinois, I had uh, Drake, and I had Ball State. Um, but I did not uh, qualify. So okay. it was either do I sit out at a four-year school or do I go to a joint college? And when we sat down with my high school coach, we decided, let's go to joint college. I can get better. Right. So I um, ended up going to Lincoln College down in Lincoln, Illinois. It was, uh, was a very, very good two years. Um, played very well down there. It was a start of both years. I think I scored over 1,000 points. Um, um, and then, uh, while being recruited, um, Reggie Wilson, who was my roommate, who was my teammate, also my roommate at Illinois State, um, he went to ISU a year before me. So when I was being recruited, it's my turn to come. I had actually no inspiration to go to ISU. I really? loved the school. <laughs> I actually had not. I had pretty much, it was a done deal. I was going to go to Iowa State. Wow. It, it, was, oh, really? it, was a, it was a done deal. And um, uh, I think I had like three schools that were really, really, it came down to three schools because I ended up signing early. So yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was between Iowa State, it was between New Orleans, and it was, it, ISU was like right around third or fourth, right? Then I got calls from Texas, and I got calls from Kansas State, and I got calls from, uh, 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 Boston College. Wow. So um, I go on my visit to Iowa State. And while on the visit, and I also had another teammate there who uh, played with me in junior college as well. And he was struggling. He he did not like it at all. And you got to remember, Iowa State had a legendary coach named Johnny Orr who did a really good yes. job 
he had a he did a really good job recruiting. So on the visit, the night um, we were supposed to do something, they kind of left me and another recruit in the room. So we were calling. We were trying to get in touch with everybody. We were trying to do all this stuff. Couldn't get anybody. So next thing you know, we were leaving out Sunday because you, you had the 48-hour rule. Right. And we didn't we didn't eat. We didn't do anything. And oh, my God. Oh, man. So, well, what ended up happening is our chaperone and his girlfriend got into an argument and pretty much ruined it for us. Right. right. And when I – decided not to go because I got back to campus. I talked to my, my junior college co- coach at the time. And if anything would ever happen, you know, how how much of control do they have with their program? And then my ex-teammate who was already up there said, you know, Johnny Orr was on the back end of his career. Right, and right. He, he, he wasn't around a lot. And he was used to having really good relationships with the head coach. And I kind of listened to that and decided, you know, I know basketball is one thing, but Am I going to be able to complete my degree? Am I going to be able to complete mm-hmm. the school yeah. and stuff like yeah. that? Are they going to look out for that part of it? Yeah. And I decided when I got back, I wasn't going to Iowa State. If they could, forget, <laughs> if they could forget me around the corner, <laughs> it, it, you know, it could be something totally different. Especially if you don't go play well or, or, or you have a little slump, then you could be swept under the rug. So, I decided when I got back, I was going to wait to second semester because I ended up signing early. And I was advised not to because Texas came on real strong. I was one of those players that I wanted to go up and down the floor. So long story short, Reggie Wilson called me and said, hey, listen, I think we can be really good. Even though we're 5 and 23 or 5 and 30 or something like that, (laughs) he says, says, I think we can be really good. And me and him were very close. Yeah. So at the end of it, I looked at, will I play? Yes, I will play. I looked at, will I get my degree? Yes, I will get my degree. And I looked at it as, I love the school. So it yeah, just seemed yeah. it just seemed like a, a really good transition. And when I got back to campus, I decided to go, cool, I'm going to go to Illinois State and I'm going to play Reggie Wilson. That is and awesome. That's, that's and awesome. that's how I got to Illinois State. So, But I had not no inspiration at first. <laughs> well, in that 5-25 and 25 season with Fowler – blowing out his ACL minutes before they get on the bus to go to Dayton would have changed that season completely, right? The, oh, year, no bef- the year before my junior year, I broke my foot, right, jumping against Indiana, and I played 10 games at a broken foot, and we were 7-3 and three with me and without me, 6 and whatever. And so having an extra big is always huge. Now, I do got to say this. Gerard Coleman, our sophomore year, uh, you would have been a freshman in high school. Leaves two recruits in Watterson Lobby, drunk out of their mind, and they didn't give it to Illinois State. The so next year, Scott Fowler left a recruit in the lobby. So, <laughs> thank God Iowa State returned Illinois State's favor, and we lost recruits. We got a recruit because somebody else left. Oh man, I'm sorry that happened to you, right? Because your recruiting trip is a lot, right? I mean, oh man, especially it, you know, especially at the time I wanted to play Big A basketball. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, and you know, Iowa State was a staple. Johnny Orr did a very good job. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when I decided not to come, he went off. Oh, I know. <laughs> oh man, I, and I was like, whoa, wait a minute, that, 
did I make the right decision? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Am, am I going to get chased down the street? <laughs> so, yeah, you know, yeah. And, and and a fun fact about that whole visit to Iowa State. So I don't want to I don't want to say I was, you know, it was it was uh, it was a because of me. But this is this is what I heard. So on the visit when I was at Iowa State, I'm in the locker room. They had their they had a practice and they had one of those practices where right, all the right. fans fans come in and play right i mean right, watch right. watch the players so there was a kid in the locker room and i kept saying you know who is this kid and it was like oh he's just a local kid um he's just around and this kid at the time was from ames iowa okay. and he had, he had committed to arizona because I get, I guess Lute Olson was very big in Iowa at the time, yeah, yeah. and he took he took the Arizona job. So, yeah, I, 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 this is what I heard. I was Iowa State's number one recruit. When I decided not to go, Johnny Orr retired a year later, and a guy named Fred Hoiberg changed his mind and decided to go to Iowa State. Really. You know the story is when I decided not to go, he changed his mind. Yeah. So that's that's a little fun fact. I, I I can't confirm that. That's just a rumor that I heard. But uh, I think he I think he made a good choice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he did okay. Yeah. He did really he okay. A really yeah. good choice. So Steve, we already talked about this the year before you showed up. That the team went a wonderful five and twenty three. You show up on campus, and, and remarkably, it goes to 18 and 11. You guys uh, uh, win a uh, regular season conference. Um, I don't know if it was all you, but we're going to give you credit since you're a captain. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it had nothing to do with Vandegaard or any of those other guys. But uh, so, so let's talk about the Drake game and, and – you played them a couple times, and, and, and let's talk about them. Well, I, I can say it might have been luck, the luck of the Steve. So uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to take some of that, you know, but just don't let my teammates know. Um, so, you know, one of the, one of the more memorable games uh, my first year there was we're playing Drake at home. And this is, this is a wild game. And uh, we're going back and forth with Drake. So uh, I think I get a. I shoot a lane and get a breakaway, and I go, go up to dunk the ball, but one of the guys ran me down, so he was running so hard, I dunk the ball and hang on the rim, and he tries to take me out, but slips, and runs into the referee, <laughs> and breaks his arm. Oh man! What? It's a crazy game, right? Crazy game. So there's like a thirty-minute delay at this game, while we're waiting for, you know, the ambulance to come and the paramedics and, you know, trainers yeah, to make yeah, sure he's all right. Yeah. And they take him out. Now, and I think if I'm right, every game has like a third ref in waiting or another ref in waiting, right? So, yeah. you know, that guy got warmed up and he came out. So now we start back in the game. And this is a game going back and forth. I, I, I want to say I had one of, one of my better games this, this game. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, maybe 10 minutes later, maybe five, 10 minutes later, Coach Bender faints on the sideline. <laughs> so he just he just falls out. So, you know, we turn around. So now we got another 30 minutes. <laughs> so I, I want to say this game, and this is 
probably one of the mo- most uh, um, uh, unique games I've ever played in. You know, it wasn't a fight. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, 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 someone broke the backboard. We talked about a referee breaking their arm, and then we're talking about the head coach <laughs> fainting on the sideline. So the game must have took like three hours. <laughs> so that that's all I can remember. I and and luckily, maybe because it was a three hour game, we end up beating uh, Drake. So you know that's that's definitely one of my more favorable games, uh, uh, and unique games that I ever I ever played in. Wow. So uh, to piggyback off of that, we go to Drake. <laughs> now, this is this is crazy. We go to Drake, and uh, and then we're playing in an old place, and it's so tripped out. Yep. Uh, my daughter plays at Bradley, so when I go to Drake, uh, I played in the old place and I played yeah. the new place. And the Did old you play in both of them? I played in both of them. Oh wow! So um, it's so tripped out when I when I go to the games now. I see the old place is still there. So oh, really? Okay. Yes. So I uh, I remember close game, and it w- it was a rough crowd that night, and uh, they had a really good player. I think they had the conference player of the year on the team, and uh, we end up down. We end up at regulation. I think Mike Vandegaard takes a shot. We're down one. Mm-hmm. He takes a shot. He misses it. They win the game. They run off. Everything like that, they run off. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I hear, um, I hear, I say, uh, we hear a whistle call. So we're in the locker room. They're in the locker room. The referees go back to their locker room, bring them back on the floor, Right. They bring them back on the floor, and Mike Vandegaard gets fouled on the shot. Mm-hmm. So he gets two free throws with no time left. He hits both free throws. They We win the game, and that's it. And walking off, they threw pennies. They threw whatever <laughs> they, they could at us. But it, it was, it was you know, another unique game. When you're talking about that year, uh, after being 5-23, and 23, and we come back and we win 18 games – we won some games in some unique ways. We yeah, yeah. we we played very slow basketball. We 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 played possession basketball. We wanted to beat you at possessions and limit your possessions. So it was, I, I can definitely tell you, it was a unique crash course into uh, high IQ basketball instead of just getting you know how to they play now. Just get up and down the floor yeah, and just yeah. you know take a, take a lot of bad ones. Now you got to remember we had a forty five second shot clock, which is I, I think know. now is. It's an eternity. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, those, those two Drake games are very, very, very uh, uh, unique. So I, I can say those are games are up there in my career. Yeah. And I got to see Steve. I texted him, hey, you coming to Illinois State to watch your daughter play? And he's like, yep. So I got to go see him. I chat with him at halftime and then caught him after the game for a couple seconds. And so uh, good always catching up with former Redbirds, right? And so like anytime I can get down to ISU, it's always fun. Yeah. Yep, it's definitely yep. always fun. Yep. Yep. So, wow. Bender feigning. Yeah. I mean, awesome. literally just, just collect. Yeah. I, I, I have to send you some footage because I have all of those highlight tapes. So I have to find you a could, way. Oh, it, so they show him actually feigning. Do you have it on VHS or do you have it on disc? No, I got it on digital, so I'll find a way to get it over to you. You you might have to have a Dropbox or something like that so I can move it over to you. 
Yep, yep. We'll fit, yeah, easily. I can figure that out. That's not. Yeah. Lowenthal, t- did he take over when uh, Bender? Uh, no, we waited about thirty minutes, and I think he came back. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> if, if, if I'm right. You might, I might have to follow up with Todd Cagle or somebody, but but I think he finished the game out. <laughs> they awesome. probably gave him some smelling sauce and a bucket of water. And he came back out. He's good. Gatorade. <laughs> Get it back in they're, there. They're in a bag of ice. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely a funny time. So Steve, Pemberton always loves to tell the, the SIU versus ISU, the NBC championship game, people standing, standing room only, the fire marshals, got fired and all these different things. But tell us a story, uh, uh, SIU coming in, playing you guys for the, the conference championship. So, um, actually, I was at that game where, where John, uh, where they wanted, and, and it was definitely electrifying. Um, and then my junior year, we were tied with Southern Illinois. So uh, I think they were undefeated in conference play, and we were undefeated in conference play. And they were coming to our place. And I, I got to admit, um, they had really good players. I think they had uh, uh, Chris Lowry, who later became the head coach there. Uh, they had uh, Andrew Amaya, who he, he had some couple years in the NBA. Uh, man, Marcus Timmons, Chris Carr, who played in the NBA. Yeah, they, yeah. they had all these players. And, um, and uh, we, they came to our house. And, and, and when, I, when I tell you, I can't remember a time the upper bowl, that last seat by the ceiling, was <laughs> was, was packed. It was packed. So I, I, I can definitely say um, playing in front of the ISU crowd when you're 10,000, 10,000 plus, it, it's an unbelievable feeling. Um, uh, but we end up losing the game. <laughs> and, and I, and I want to say they found a way to get that game televised too because it, it was – it was uh, uh, it was so it was it was one of those games where you got a conference championship, you know who's going to take first place, who's not going to take first place, and uh, I mean it was just electrifying. And when I look back at that, uh, I think I had some highlight moments in that game, and uh, <laughs> and uh, just a unique game, just a wonderful game to play in, and very exciting. So uh, when I look back on my career at ISU, that's one of the games I remember. So Steve, I, I had a. I don't think I admitted this on, on, on the podcast. But I had a daughter that went to Missouri State. She did okay. cross country, and I had another one to Murray State. So, as as a parent, it's much different watching your your children play, right? Versus uh, when you play. Is is so so talk about uh, that, like being a former player, being in the stands. Is it harder to watch, okay, or is it harder to actually be in a competitive game? Um, it, it's, it, it's, it's hard to watch some of the, the things that, you know, you've been through, um, that, you know, you could just kind of tell somebody something, but I'm, I'm more the type of parent, um, I'm a fan yeah. and I'm not a sideline coach. Um, what I really like to do is let them make some mistakes, process it, work through them. And then I can help them with the emotional part of the game. Uh, with that part of the game because the physical part of the game can work itself out with reps and, and working out, but the emotional part of the game is what holds you back a little bit. You know, so so for me, um, you know, I, I have a daughter that plays, uh, she plays at Bradley, and she calls me all the time. And, <laughs> and uh, 
uh, which is which is really fun, right? Because yeah, uh, I, I just remember when I played. I come from a single parent ho- household. Like I said, I, I would take one step forward and two steps backwards. So I didn't have the outlet to process, right. you know, or 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 reach out to someone. And then let's let's be realistic. Basketball's everywhere. You can go to someone over here or someone over there, and, and it can help you kind of work through some of these things. When you, especially when you're having a hard time or you're struggling. So. Uh, my, my daughter calls me all the time, uh, asks me, what's the approach? How should I handle this? And it's it's definitely been um, it's been exciting to help her through this process because yeah. uh, I, I want to say from my experience, I can give her a little bit more. And, uh, and I think it's working for her a little bit there. So, uh, you know, on top of that, my son is in high school. He's uh, he's about a six, seven, six, eight junior. Uh, he goes he goes to Brother Rice High School and he's he's really starting to. Uh, uh, evolve as a player. So, you know, I always say, um, um, you know, it's. I think it's better to be a late bloomer than an early bloomer. Yeah. <laughs> so he he's really really processing that. Uh, I, I hope he continues. And and you gotta understand, John. You you know this. When me and you played, it was like uh, you had to do really well at your high school, or you had to do well in the summer league. It now can. you got all this. Yeah. You got all of this travel ball. That uh, it's it's a gift and a curse. Um, uh, as far as it, it's a total different other style of play, yep. but it also allows those players who, will, who don't get exposure to get exposure. So yeah, yeah. it it has its upside, it has its downside. But I love the fact that you could be a kid that nobody know of and make a name for yourself. Yeah, if you if you could produce, you can get to a, an AAU team, a travel team, and get a chance to be seen um, and really high school coaches don't come and see many high school games unless you're playing against somebody they know is a division one talent right right like right. every year when I would play against Kenny Battle at West Aurora they would show up I would there'd be a lot of coaches in the stand now 99% of them for Kenny and one was for me but you know, you know but <laughs> Illinois State was there and there was other teams there, but you know they wanted you to. They wanted to see you go against somebody of, of, of caliber, right? And so, and I got to see your daughter play. She played wonderful. She's in a tough position. Bradley team is trying to rebuild and retool and figure out what their their stuff is. And so she's going through a tough season. Um, and so, yeah. So, well, I, I, you know, the great thing about it is, is, is. I would love for somebody like Todd Cagle to talk to their team and be like, hey, I've went through the kind of the same season and yeah, all of a sudden yeah. the next two years we turned it around. Yeah. Um, uh, but they're rebuilding, they're young. You, you know how it is when, you, when you're young. Yeah. And, and then nowadays players move so much. You know, uh, transfer, yeah, what do you think of the transfer portal? So, so for me is um, um, when I look at the transfer portal, I, I, I kind of feel there should have never been a rule on you had to sit out to transfer right right but right. I, I do believe you should not be able to transfer within conference hey if you if you oh, want to wow. go thousand, okay. if you want to go a thousand miles away fine you shouldn't be able to sit out or if you want to go to the next conference over you shouldn't be able to sit out but i'm not going to give you an audition to take my player yeah 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 <laughs> you know you know so I, I i do believe there needs to be stipulation within conference um but, but a lot of these kids are just it's two things. A lot of these kids are transferring because they expect to play. The days right. of earning earning to play is a little tough. And I, <laughs> I, I, 
I tell I tell players all the time, hey, listen, you get to college, they're not just going to throw you out there because you got a highlight tape or you got a name. You actually right. have to you have to you have juniors produce. and seniors you have to produce and you have juniors and seniors in front of you. Yeah. So you know the average player don't get real good minutes to their junior year anyway. Right. I, I don't think people know that. You know, I, I just hear people say, "Listen, he's on the team; we should play." <laughs> good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, if you're good, I always say cream rises to the top. It might mm-hmm. take some patience, but I wish some of these players will have a little more patience because I think anytime you have a humbling moment, you just get better. Yeah. You just get better. Agreed. So your son's getting looked at. So it sounds like you're pretty quiet in the stands. I mean, are you yelling at all? Because well, Bender really wasn't a yeller. Was a, who was your junior college coach again? Um, so I, I played with two guys from Illinois. I, I played my freshman was a guy named Steve Yount, who's like a, yes. a legend, a legend, legend. in Augustana, legend yep. in Augustana. Uh, and then I played for a guy named Joel Bryant. Okay. Who was completely, he's from Illinois. He used to be the head coach at, at Idaho State, and he coached Indian Hills to okay. uh, national championships. Yeah, yeah. Now, he was a different type of coach. <laughs> so it's he, all three of those different, right? Yeah, he wasn't like Bender, right? No, well, Yount was an up-and-down guy. Yeah, So yeah. He, he, he was a visionary. You know, he is how coaches coach now. Um, uh, uh, O'Brien was more defensive guy. Okay. I think I think when Bob first got there, when Coach Bender first got there, I think it was a little laid back. I think after that five and twenty three season, it changed him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it wasn't as laid back as you'd like to think about it, right? Because I mean, we right. did have a team fight in the locker room, and he was because yeah. yeah. he knew we should be producing, and we were struggling a little bit making the transition from a Donawald. Right, uh, um, right, team to a Bender team, right, and, and it's right. a there's a little bit of a different mentality uh, in the treatment of players. So, yeah, I just was curious how that worked for you, right? Um, well, I, I think for me, which was a unique coaching staff, right? You 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 got Coach Morris, you had mm-hmm. um, you, you had Coach Bender, you had uh, Coach Lowenthal, you had Ray Jacoletti, who that 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 he was a very good coach. He was our yeah. Was our earning restricted coach, or they had that goofy thing back in the day. Um, but what is I, an I think, earning restrictive coach? What is that? Oh, well, well, last, well, when I played that third assistant coach, he wasn't getting paid as much, and he couldn't really go out and recruit. Oh, now, really? I think that's yeah, that that's okay. some they changed the rules though. Um, yeah. But I think coaching versus like my daughter's recruited. My son's being recruited. And when I hear coaches talk nowadays, give a good example, my daughter. They have, like, individual meetings, like, during the season. They ask you questions like, how are you doing? Um, you know, you know, what do you, what do you think about it? They process with you a little bit. I mean, when we played, it was like, hey, you played the season and it was over with. Uh, <laughs> we don't do anything for the summertime. Now they practice all year round. Right, uh, right, they, right, they, right. They, they check in with players to make sure they're all right. Um, I, I think if we would have had a little bit more of that, I think you could have maximized some of the players that we had. Oh, agreed, agreed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's some guys that would come back way out of shape coming back oh. into the yeah. – <laughs> you, you know, those summers were very good down there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
All right, Steve, we know numbers are very personal. So what number are you at Lincoln? My freshman year, I was 30. My sophomore year, I was four. Reggie had left. He took four at Illinois State. So when I came to Illinois State, I had to take three. But I heard He's... three was the, I heard three was the magic number. Oh, there you go. <laughs> it was Scarriage's number. It's not the magic number. I mean, well, I, well, somebody said if I take three, we'll win a conference championship. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's because you weren't big enough to beat up Reggie to take the number four back, were you? <laughs> sizes were you the number now the numbers are tailored to whatever you want but Absolutely. back then the smaller numbers were the smaller uniform <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that, that's how it went so that is awesome. that, that's why pemberton was 53 Th there you go there you go <laughs> and, and, and they didn't have numbers on the shorts oh they no. did not <laughs> they did, they they did, did not, not. So that, did that's not. why you had to wear 53 though. yeah yeah there you go well and also think about this Steve is probably very happy. Our shorts were even shorter than his shorts were. I mean, our shorts were they, horribly 80s short. They were short, but not as short as the kids now because they like uh, them short and tight. I know. <laughs> which is crazy, right? Because yeah, we went through the think, phase where everything was down at their ankles, and then yeah. all of a sudden, yeah. yeah. Well, think, hey, things come in cycles. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. <laughs> all right. All right. So here we are. We're going to get into a little bit of celebration of life. So Reggie Wilson played at ISU, right? He was Steve's teammate at Lincoln and also at ISU. He came after. He was at a lot of our stuff. Um, I was with Gerard when we hosted him, and so he kind of hung out with Gerard and I. They wanted him to be a big like Scott. Um, and then after his playing days, um, his life was cut short with uh, – he was carjacked at a gas station, and his life was taken. And so – um, for those that don't know, he and Cliff Peterson both have trees right outside of Redbird Arena by the front. And so I usually walk in and see the seven and usually touch the two trees and just say hello to them, right? Um, sad for me. You played with them. Um, start talking about playing against them in high school and that stuff. Well, you know, I, I met Reggie when we were in high school. He went to Holy Trinity High School, and they always played in our summer league. And um, so I remember him very well. Um, he was he was an all right player. He, 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 he wasn't as good as then. And then he, <laughs> I, I don't on, remember. Man. Listen, on, listen. Yeah, I am, he, he grew. He grew in his game and his strength a lot. I am, I am not being unrealistic here, right? Yes. I, I'll put it like this. He, um, he goes away to Lincoln College his first year, mm -hmm. and the stories that I hear when I came down is his fr his first semester, his freshman year, he he had to adapt, and then he start do. he started lifting, and this is this is this is a this is a great message to every young kid out there: lift weights. It does wonders. Yes. Um, uh, he started lifting. I heard he comes back his second semester. They had a little break, and he just took off. Um, I come down his my freshman year, his sophomore year, 
and I hadn't really seen him play since high school. We started working out, and I was like, whoa, right, this right. dude is a animal. <laughs> I mean, he had arms and shoulders and, and legs, and, and, man, could he just muscle you in a basket. And he was yep. – he was he was his his attitude on the court was to just annihilate you. <laughs> you know, so I was I was thoroughly impressed. But the better thing I was impressed with is he um he took me under his wing. He was like a brother to me. He helped me make the transition to uh college basketball and he helped me cuz Reggie has a great family. He also yeah. helped me become a young man as well. So I can definitely, uh, I, I would like to thank his parents for that, his mom for that, and his sister. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, like I said again, when I t- told you earlier, when I decided to make, make my decision, he was a big part of me coming to Illinois State. Yeah, yeah. So he was also my roommate at Illinois State, and, and he he is a great role model to follow for any Body who was coming along at that time, a guy who was not heavily recruited at high school. He goes to junior college. He gets bigger. He gets stronger. He changes everything. He goes to Illinois State his first year and has great success. Great success. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, un- unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, un- undersized power forward that played two, three inches bigger than what he is. Absolutely. Um. But off the court, you talk about a brother. I mean, Reggie Wilson represents what an Illinois State basketball player should be. Uh, if anybody who watched, watched this podcast was around at that time and they knew Reggie Wilson, they would say the same thing. So so for me, I would like to say thank you, Reggie Wilson, for being an impactful on my life, helping me make some decisions that has brought me to where I'm here today. Yeah, yeah. We loved, I loved coming down and watching him play, right? Uh, and off the court, he's just such a, you walk in the locker room and Bender would always be like, yeah, he, he's the nicest guy in the locker room. We'd get him on the court, and he's going to just try to wear you, dunk on you until you just give up. And so, oh, man, could he get off the, it's so quick off two legs. Oh, my one God. Leg and God. And so, yeah, 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 he could. He and could as go. a fan, he brought the energy. And, and and the dunking was just awesome. Oh, I, I, and rebounding and, and toughness, and and leadership, and and uh, off the court he was he was a funny guy. He was he was he was definitely charming. He was uh, uh I mean he's a class act. That, that's 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 what I say about Reggie Wilson. So, you know yeah. it, it, you know, <laughs> for me I wanted to be like Reggie Wilson. Yeah. So. That's right. I wanted to be like Steve Fitch, so it makes everything go better. So, Steve, um, this is where we wrap things up. Here's your okay. chance to go into closing, and then we'll wrap this up. So, floor is yours, big guy. Well, like I said, this has been extremely fun. I want to thank uh, John, Steve, and, and John for having me on. <laughs> for, for having me on. This has been uh, very exciting. I, I want to thank, like I said, all of my teammates – for a wonderful experience, Todd Cagle, Mike Vandegaard, Todd Wimhainer, uh, Scott Taylor, Scott Fowler, Reggie Wilson, uh, Richard Thomas, my man, uh, uh, Elvin Flores, all those guys. Hey, uh, wait, wait. Ch- yes. What about Chuck? 
Oh, I was about to say Chuck Barnes. Okay, okay. Rest in peace, Antoine Hicks. Yes. He, he was yeah. also he was also very uh, uh, helpful for me in my transition um, when I came to Illinois State. Uh, Chad Altadonna. Um, and th- those guys are great. I still talk to those guys. So uh, yeah. I, I would like to say we were close-knit. Uh, I thank those guys for helping me with my career and, and uh, helping me play basketball after that. I learned a lot of great lessons uh, at Illinois State. I want to thank Bob Bender. I want to thank uh, Ray Giacoletti, Billy King. Those guys were, were really intricate me, intricate for me for where I'm at right now. Yeah. And we uh, love watching you play, man. I didn't get a chance to play with you, but loved coming down and watching you play. You were awesome. Proud to be a Redbird, just like I know you're proud to be a Redbird and proud that you are part of our family. And I got a chance to play with you guys during the summers. And oh, man. Man, could not keep – man, when you get out of college quick, you start losing a step, and all of a sudden it's like I could not push Reggie around like I could when he first was showing up. And then yeah. and by the end it was like, forget it. I better be, better be smart and not step on the court. But, Steve, love you to death, big boy. Same here. Good luck to your kids, right? Hopefully finish up yep. the season healthy and can get to where they want to go. Um, with this, this is Bird Fans Forever. It's been Steve Fitch, my man. John, take us out. You got clapping. All right.